Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 29 of All This and World War II. This page, and a little of the page before, contain chapter 10, colon, The Time Machine. At last, the promise of time travel is going to be fulfilled. Last time we went to Klaus Kruppmann's inexplicable mansion. He conveniently laid out all his secret papers in front of us, and we found the coordinates for the Nazi time travel machine. Now it's a simple matter of going to San Diego, remember you have access to a van, and claiming the time machine for our own. At least that's what a typical player character would do at this point. The author in this module provides a little bit of extra insurance. On the previous page, he details, if you go back to Fury with all this information, Fury will be shocked, shocked that Kruppmann was a secret Nazi. And if you don't have the idea of going to the coordinates and finding the time machine, Fury will tell you, hey, why don't you go to the coordinates and find the time machine? And of course, it has to be the superheroes who go do this. Quote, for the time being, Fury doesn't want to involve any official personnel involved in the case for security reasons. For security reasons, I'm going to leave this entire government intelligence and security apparatus out of it. Why don't you, mask weirdos, go to the time machine and I'll just trust you to bring it back to me. Sounds like national security to me. I'm Nick Fury. So whether under orders from Fury or on their own initiative, our heroes go to San Diego. That takes us to this page. They find their way down into the sewers, and the judge reads the following text. Quote, The coordinates you found in Kruppmann's house indicate that the Nazi commandos arrived somewhere in the sewers beneath San Diego. One short trip later, you are hot on their trail. The San Diego sewers are like sewers everywhere, dark and rat-infested. As you come to the exact coordinates listed in Kruppmann's journal, you hear a low, buzzing noise. And it says that once you make your way through the sewer to the coordinates, you find the Nazi time machine. There's an illustration of it on this page. It looks like what you'd expect a Nazi time machine to look like. Squat, round windows, looks a little bit like kind of a truncated rocket, and it's got a big band on the top covered in swastikas. It is a Nazi-branded time machine, and it's what's buzzing, by the way. Quote, the time capsule itself is a small metal sphere, roughly 12 feet in diameter. There is an obvious metal door in its center. The door is unlocked. Of course, why would you lock your time machine? It doesn't say how big the door is, but it's in the center of the sphere, which indicates to me that it is less than the full 12 feet of diameter. There is not very much space in this time machine, especially because there are also controls in there. Quote, inside the time machine, the heroes find a complex bank of instruments and computers. A chronometer on the wall shows that current date and year is April 18th, 1989 and that the capsule has apparently arrived from September 18, 1943. Lying on one of the control consoles is a memo that reads in German, quote, From the German High Command to Commander Blautot Commandos. Rude not to use his name. The commandos have only one commander. Quote, You and your men are to proceed to the year 1989. The exact arrival coordinates have already been fed into your instrumentation. There you are to locate the most formidable futuristic weapons, capture them, and return so that we may employ these devices in our efforts against the Allied powers. Other teams have been sent out into the future with similar missions. You will depart tomorrow morning. Signed, Der Fuhrer. A personal note from Hitler himself saying we want you to go to 1989, find the most powerful weapons of the future, somehow get them through this little door, and bring them back here to the past where we can use them against the Allies. 
Now, the aftermath section of this chapter is big because it summarizes what the characters should know at this point. First of all, our heroes saw Kruppman's journal that indicated that the 2146 team that was sent earlier was a success. The commando team that was sent to 2146 apparently got whatever they were after and managed to bring it back to Nazi Germany. In addition to dictating what the characters should know and deduce, the aftermath also dictates what the characters should think and feel. Quote, at this point, the heroes are probably wondering exactly what happened to the futuristic weaponry captured by the Nazis. It is likely that the heroes will decide to take the time machine right back to 1943 to find the weapons from the future and to make sure that the Nazis are unable to employ them. If they're real rubes, they might do that. If they've never seen a time travel movie, they might do that. But this is 1989. Star Trek is a thing. Back to the Future is a thing. In the highly sophisticated and media-savvy year of 1989, our heroes may feel that traveling back in time to attempt to alter events that have clearly already transpired in an attempt to preserve the present seems contradictory. Whatever has happened has led to the present. To go back and change what has happened could only change the present. But if our heroes feel this way, that's when the author, I mean Nick Fury, steps in. Quote, if the heroes decide to take no action, Fury will get in touch with them while they are still in San Diego and ask for a complete report. Which, by the way, I would love to see the extremes that a GM might have to go to for Nick Fury to get in touch with roaming superheroes in San Diego with access to a time machine with no cell phones and no record of the player character's accommodations. Like, there's no hotel to call. I don't know what Nick Fury does in this scenario. Maybe send that fucking ultimate ninja who delivered the parcel to go find them in San Diego, chase them down, and force a phone up to their ears so Nick Fury can yell at them. Quote, after he hears their story, Fury will suggest that the heroes take the time machine, return to 1943, and reclaim the captured Nazi technology in order to protect history. If the heroes claim that there is no need to investigate and try to present an argument along the lines of, well, it's 1989 now and we all know the Germans lost the war, so obviously someone stopped the Nazis before they could use their captured weaponry, Fury will simply respond, yes, but can we run the risk that this someone was not yourselves, time traveling from the future? Then, tellingly, Quote, if asked, Fury will not accompany the heroes, nor will he send any official personnel. Fury himself is too busy to go, and he still doesn't want any other personnel to find out about the entire incident for security reasons. <sighs> all right, first of all, fuck you, Nick Fury, for saying that you're too busy to go on a time travel mission. Sorry, paperwork is really piling up at the office. I just don't have time to go back and save the world and then travel back here to the present at this very moment, as though I never left. Everybody should get to make a reason role to determine that Nick Fury is full of shit for saying that his schedule is too full for a time travel mission. Secondly, it continues to be extremely suspicious that Nick Fury will not let anyone whose actual job this is know or do anything about this whole fucking temporal catastrophe. He's got a top secret base full of trusted agents, trusted enough that he'll just send them in to infiltrate a superhero base with no concern for their safety and no worry that they might fail. He has many competent allies, but none of them are competent or trusted enough to even be informed about what's going on here. It's just a closed fucking circle. Nick Fury and three to six randos. But most importantly, and this is the dumbest thing in this page, I understand that in a time travel story, you don't want to get all tied up in confusing, frustrating, and ultimately completely made up elaborations of temporal mechanics. If you wanted Nick Fury to say, look, I'm from S.H.I.E.L.D., S.H.I.E.L.D.'s done time travel in the past, we're going to do it in the future, I know, I have, will have been there when that happens, 
This is not my first time rodeo, and believe me when I say, you don't know what you're talking about. I do. Get your asses back to Nazi Germany. That's, you know what, that's fine. In this scenario, that's fine. Most superheroes are not authorities on time travel. Certainly none of the default characters for this scenario are. And if any of them were, like say a Reed Richards or a Doctor Doom, I don't know why you'd be playing Doctor Doom in this scenario, but now that I think about it, sounds like fun, uh, it would be easy enough for the judge to tell them, hey, you're an expert on time travel. You know that you need to get your ass back to Nazi Germany. It's fine. Who cares? It's all made up anyway. The time travel mechanics are whatever the GM says they are. So you just tell the players, this is how it works. Go back there. Instead, the author has seen fit here to engage in an argument with the hypothetical player. He has foreseen the possibility that the player will very reasonably say, listen, we live in a present day where all of the things that have happened in the past have already happened. They lead to this moment. Why would I go back and change the past that leads to the present that I'm in when the present that I'm in is the present that I want? If what I'm trying to achieve is no further time travel shenanigans, why would I go turn the ignition key in a fucking Nazi time machine? Why wouldn't I just stay where I am? And instead of just saying, I am the boss of time, you need to go to World War II, the GM instead is supposed to provide an argument. Well, you raise a good point, but have you considered that your traveling back in time may be the thing that causes present events to occur? In other words, is it possible that this is a predestination paradox in which your choice now to time travel to the past creates the present in which we exist? To which the thoughtful and perceptive player would respond, which part of predestination are you having trouble understanding, Nick Fury, if everything that is happening now and will happen in the future has already been taken into account in the present timeline? I can't outrun the future here. Whatever choice I make leads to now. If I go, that leads to now. If I stay, that leads to now. The only difference is one of those things requires me to go do a lot of work in Nazi Germany. The other thing allows me to go home and have time off in the mostly un-Nazi 1989 United States. This seems like a very obvious choice. I have an idea. The temporal mechanics here are complicated, but what if I picked up a rock and went into the time machine and broke all the shit? If the future is static, barring time travel events in our relative future, then nothing will change. If the past is static, because any future events have already impacted our current timeline, then after I destroy the time machine, as was always predestined, nothing will change. Either way, nothing will change. But no matter what, Nick Fury will insist. Somehow, someway, he just knows that if the player characters don't go back to Nazi Germany and do what the author, I mean God, intends them to do, then the Nazis will win World War II, and it'll be all the players' fault, I mean the superheroes' fault, for not doing what the GM, I mean Nick Fury, told them to do. The dumbest thing on this page, clearly is that for a whole adventure built on the stakes of time travel, you've got two fatal mistakes right here at the beginning. Number one, forgetting that when you have a time machine, you are not short on time. You know, barring time travel mechanics where the machine works on San Dimas time, which we're going to see is not the case. Uh, number two, the brain-exploding proposition presented on this page as though it were simple common sense, that time travel operates on the basis of predestination. But you can change the present by making a decision other than the decision that you were predestined to make. There is no way to describe the state of affairs that Nick Fury is positing here in a way that makes sense. Language will not bend that far. It's like, well, things are as they are because currently you will have already done the thing. But if when the future comes, you are not 
going to have done the thing, then this will retroactively make the case that what is now will not be as it is because then in the future, you will not be going to have done the thing. Both Nick Fury and the author, if indeed there is any distinction, can have been going to go fuck themselves. Join me next time for chapter 11 and for one last check-in with Nick Fury just to make sure you aren't, you know, forgetting anything on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.